Welcome to the EO Smith Sports Talk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Brendan Rader. All right, welcome to episode 13 of the EO Smith Sports Talk Podcast. We've got a busy episode this week. We're going to talk some QB carousel, a Super Bowl preview. We've got some NBA this week and our weekly soccer. But first, I'm joined by Parker, Leon, and Alex. And what better place to start than the QB carousel and the massive trade that just happened? Matthew Stafford traded to the Rams in exchange for Jerry Goff, a 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2021 third. Leon, a massive haul for Matthew Stafford, who is now 33 years old, I believe, um, has never won in his career, but seems to be an elite, elite player. Is this a good move for the Rams, who are going to now go eight years without a first-round pick? This is a good move for the Rams. Matthew Stafford is going, is going to show why he is an elite player, because the Lions have diminished his career. The administrations for the Lions cannot put talent around him, so they have diminished the Lions, his Lions career, and now with the Rams, Matthew Stafford is going to show, show the world why he's an elite quarterback and bring the Rams into the playoff contention. I do think the Rams got a good deal, but I have to disagree in the fact that the Lions just turned everything around. I mean, even the other week, you told me that Matthew Stafford was worth one, if that, first-round picks. Now they got, what, two and Jared Goff? I mean... We get Matthew Stafford's elite, but how much better is he really than Jared Goff? I mean, well, part, part of what we have to consider, though, is the salary dump. It sounds like maybe a first round pick or maybe the third round pick was simply to get Jared Goff off of the salary books for the Rams. I mean, that's that's different than saying Matthew Stafford's value. It probably isn't two first and a third, right? Yeah, but Matthew Stafford isn't going to take the Rams season from to a Super Bowl because he's elite, but he's not. Jared Goff was perfectly fine on that team he was just as good if not better I like Matthew Stafford as a player I think he's a great quarterback but I just don't think he's worth what the what the Rams had to give for him yeah I think Jared Goff uh kind of uh definitely one of the worst contracts on the league in my opinion at least for a quarterback he's like decent at best I'd say he's average so if you dump that massive contract uh and you know maybe you have to give up a, a third round pick or whatever it is for uh, for that and acquire Matthew Stafford in that same deal. I think that's a plus for the Rams. I think they're the, I think this is a good trade all around. I think the lions come off good. They get two first round picks. They get Jared Goff, who's still relatively young. He's on a huge contract, but that doesn't really matter when you're rebuilding. Um, and they got two first round picks and a third for him. Uh, and then you, you look at the, the Rams, right? They get rid of that horrible contract. They clear up cap space so that we can go out and sign some talent, uh, whether it's offensive line, you want to go get another, star defensive lineman to come or a, you know a defensive line piece sure maybe a wide receiver whatever it is they have the cap space to go do it they acquire Matthew Stafford which is like a hundred percent head and shoulders and upgrade over Jared Goff. Jared Goff stinks. Matthew Stafford I think it's a good move. Do you think Matthew yeah. Stafford makes some Super Bowl contenders that addition of Matthew Stafford to the Rams? No but I think it allows them to be a Super Bowl contender. I think with Jared Goff they're not a Super Bowl contender but Matthew Stafford gives them the potential to be a Super Bowl contender. I think, I think it does put them in the Super Bowl contender conversation. Personally, I like most of what Alex said. I think it's a great trade all around. You look at the lines. They get two firsts and a third. That's great value for a 33-year-old quarterback who has never won, right? They, it's not Deshaun Watson, but it's Matt Stafford. You know, in an offseason where there's so many available quarterbacks to get that much for Matthew Stafford, I think it's great value. And as you mentioned, Jerry Goff, huge contract. It doesn't matter. The lines are rebuilding. What do they have now? They have a quarterback who they can possibly resurrect his career similar to Ryan Tannehill 
if you can resurrect um, Goff's career, you now have five first round picks in the next couple of years, the next three years, plus a third round pick, an extra third round pick. Um, I really think they have so many assets now. If Jared Goff pans out, if he doesn't, then it gets tough because do you draft a quarterback this year? Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to tell. Um, but I, I think they should try to stick with Goff, try to get Jalen Waddle, try to get Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith at seven. Um, get him some weapons and see how he can turn his career around. Parker, I'm curious. Two first and a third you mentioned, plus Jared Goff, a lot of, you know, a lot of assets for Matthew Stafford. How do you think this affects the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes? I don't think it affects the Deshaun Watson because we know Deshaun Watson is worth three, probably first round picks. We knew that before this trade went down two to three, I think it's going to stay the same because Deshaun Watson is more of a talent and a younger franchise guy than Matthew Stafford is going to be. I think that the Rams did way overpay for Matthew Stafford, but I don't know. You guys seem to disagree. I, I completely disagree with that take. I think if Matthew Stafford is worth two ones, a three and a young quarterback who I get maybe a salary dump, but that's a whole lot of value for a 33 year old guy who has never won. As you mentioned, as you mentioned, sorry, Deshaun Watson's a top three quarterback in this league. I think now his value might be four or five first round picks. They could get five first round picks in my opinion, if they wanted it. The thing is, I don't think they're going to be able to, I don't think they're going to want that because you know, if you're getting a first round pick in five years, that's the value on that is, you know, not, not great. Or I think they're going to maybe want three or four first round picks plus a young player. If you go to the, if you go to the jets, maybe Quinn and Williams, maybe Makai Becton, if you go to the dolphins. I mean, I don't know, maybe one of those cornerbacks, but I really do think they're going to look for either a quarterback in three first round picks or a young player in three or four first round picks. I don't see a team willing to pay any more than three first round picks for one guy, even though it is Deshaun Watson, a top talent. If, I just if, you're the Dol- if you're the Dolphins, who are a borderline playoff team this year, you have that great defense. You have an O-line that had many um, highly drafted rookies from last year's class. You have Devontae Parker. Would you trade three first-round picks in Tua for Deshaun Watson? I mean, I would. Three, no, I think Tua's a real deal. Four or five. Okay. I think Tua talking about was a real deal, and you just stick with Tua. I believe he can bring them to playoff contention next year. If you offer three firsts in Tua to the Texans, and they say, we want four firsts, you're not going to give them your 20, what, 24 or 2025 first round pick. Of course you are. You're getting Deshaun Watson, who immediately puts you in Super Bowl contention, in my opinion. You disagree, Parker? I disagree because Deshaun Watson, you're saying, is going to be worth those four players down the road, which I think he very much could be. He's one of the best quarterbacks this game potentially has ever seen. But four first-round picks is throwing your whole future and everything you have into this one player. If you throw four first-round picks into this one player and he gets injured and he just something happens and he's not as great, like you are destroying your future and you need to realize that. Listen, the Texans were a bad team and Deshaun Watson was amazing, but I'm just saying that any quarterback shouldn't let their team be that bad. And I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's bad. I'm saying that. Deshaun Watson lacked the skill to make that team better, which I don't think it's his fault, but I think he had a little bit of fault for it. All right, that's yeah, fair. I, Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, Go ahead. I just wanted to jump in real quick before we move on. I, I agree with Parker. You, I mean, you have to be 100% – 
in on Deshaun Watson and 100% confident in your team to give up like three or more first round picks. I mean, that is a lot to give up. You're selling, basically you're selling your future uh, in order to go get this guy. And you have to be sure that you're going to be in contention for the championship uh, if you go and do that. Because otherwise you're screwed for the next 20, 15, 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's totally a fair you know, argument to make. In my opinion, I just see a young quarterback whose salary is definitely, um, you know, manageable, if you will. Um, so I, I really think it would be a great asset for the Dolphins to acquire. Let's move on to the rapid QB carousel real quick. Alex, rapid fire. Who should the Colts go after for quarterback, whether it be free agency or the draft or internal promotion from maybe Jacoby Brissett or something? Ooh, um, that's tough. Put me on the spot. Uh, I'm going to have to say, I see the Colts doing two things. I think maybe you should go, uh, run, make a run for, uh, Dak Prescott. They got like $68 million, something like that in, uh, in open cap. Uh, I think you could definitely go make a run at Dak Prescott. He's got a lot of talent. He's like 27 years old, something like that. Um, he's in great, uh, the timeline works out pretty well. You know, I mentioned I had a problem with Stafford because by the time the, the Colts, I thought were going to be ready to compete. Stafford was going to be like 35. Uh, you, you move that over to the Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's going to be like 30 uh, when I think the Colts are going to be ready to compete. Uh, so, you know, like you get the time, uh, Prescott, you get him, you know, you got the receivers, Michael Pittman, he's got time to develop, Zach Pascal. You could go sign a receiver uh, in this class as well. I know Godwin's available, guys like that, uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, I think they should make a run at Dak. All right, Leon, your rapid fire pick for the Colts QB. Yeah, I thought they should have made a run at uh, Matthew Stafford, but maybe Matt Ryan and draft a QB. Parker? I really thought Stafford was a good fit. Now Stafford's gone. I don't like Dak because Dak knows that the Cowboys are a super team with him, so I don't think Dak will leave. Um, if anybody, Garoppolo, but I think they're just going to stick with Brissett for now. Yeah, in my opinion, the Colts are the best roster that doesn't have a clear starting QB. I there's no chance in my mind they stick with Brissett because we know he cannot win a Super Bowl. In my opinion, you call the Packers. You offer them four or five first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't so, leaving. Well, you, you better make the call to the Packers. I, in my opinion, you have to call call on Matt Ryan. I know the reports are he's not gone. Call on Jimmy G. You have to call on these proven veteran guys. Drafting a quarterback or sticking with Brissett is not the way to go with that Super Bowl roster right now, in my opinion. Let's move on. Panthers, they have the ninth pick. Many people saying Mac Jones, many people saying Trey Lance. Alex, in your opinion, who should the Panthers go with that quarterback next season or should they stick with Teddy B? I think they definitely need to go after a quarterback. And uh, I don't really know who they go and get, though. I mean, like, who's going to be available? Maybe Trey Lance? That'd be an interesting one. He's got a great arm. I feel like he fit kind of fit Matt Rule's style. Originally, I was going to say Mac Jones, but that's not really kind of how Mac, uh, Matt Rule rolls, rolls as a coach. Sorry. Um, Hey, Trey Lance, yeah. I'm going to go Trey Lance. Young, Parker, whatever. I don't know. I disagree with Card, but I sort of agree. I really don't think Mac Jones or any of those quarterbacks fit Matt Rule in the Panthers' style. And I don't really think drafting quarterback at nine would be the most beneficial for them. I mean, we know Chris McCaffrey was out. That might have helped their season as poorly as it went. But I think you just stick with Bridgewater for now. Yeah, I'm going with Parker. I'm sticking with Teddy H2O. I believe he's going to be water next year on the field. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think Trey Lance has got to be the guy because I think he's the perfect fit. 
Many people compare him to like a mobile Dak Prescott. If you get that in a quarterback, oof, that is a special prospect. I think you can't pass up on a, on a quarterback prospect at nine right next year. I mean, what if they have the 15th pick and there's no quarterbacks available? Teddy's not the guy. I think he's the bridge quarterback. You let Trey Lance sit on him for a year. I'm going Trey Lance. Let's move on to the lines real quick. Alex, some people saying Trey Lance. Some people saying Justin Fields. Some people saying stick with Jared Goff. Now, Alex, your opinion, what the line should do. Uh, whoever it is, draft a quarterback. I don't believe in Jared Goff. I think maybe it's a good experiment to run, but they need to draft a quarterback. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you go out and get Jamie Dewan or Sam Ellinger. Whoever it is, draft a quarterback. Parker. I don't know why they would make the trade with the Rams if they didn't want to stick with Goff. I mean, they could have – it's it's complicated because I understand you're distrusting Goff, Alex, but you got to remember Goff did lead them to a Super Bowl, what was that, two or three years ago, didn't win it. But Goff has shown he's a good talent. I don't trust in him recently either, but I think you got to stick with him. Leon. Yeah, yeah, I would like to stick with Goff, but if they have to go for a quarterback, I believe Justin Fields is their, their ideal pick. I agree. I think if Justin Fields is sitting there, which I don't think he will be, I think Fields, Wilson, and um, Lawrence will all be gone by maybe even the fifth pick. I see a lot of trades happening. So I don't think Fields is there. But if Fields is there, maybe you take him. I think the line should stick with Goff. I'm with Parker. He made it to a Super Bowl. He's he's shown he can win. So if, if Goff can win, the Lions can win with him. Use the seventh pick to get him weapons or get a defensive player. I think that's a, a good idea from Parker. Let's go to the Raiders real quick. A lot of a lot of talk about Derek Carr being moved. Alex, your opinion on that? Uh, I don't really know what they do without Derek Carr. I think they need to keep on uh, hold on to him. I mean, Marcus Mariota looked okay. I mean, I guess if you want to like trade Jared Goff or sorry Derek Carr for assets, uh, and then stick with Mariota if you believe in him, but I think they should keep him. I think he's kind of a he's their guy right now. Parker. Uh, I think Derek Carr, I agree with Carr. Derek Carr's in the same road as Jared Goff. He's proven he's been a good quarterback recently. He has not. I think it's the same thing. You just got to stick with him, hope he comes back to what he once was, and can just be a good guy for them. I don't see yeah. them doing anything else. Yeah, I'm thinking of Derek Carr. I believe the Raiders, uh, they can win with Derek Carr. Yeah, I disagree. In my opinion, I think the, the Raiders should look at a team like the Patriots, maybe someone ahead of the Patriots, you know, in that 12th pick range, see if you can trade Carr in your first round pick. I mean, the Raiders are somewhere in the middle there, maybe 18th pick or something. See if the Raiders can move Carr in a first round pick to jump up just a little bit to where they can get Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones in uh, John Gruden's offense would be a perfect fit. Or I think Marcus Mariota. I mean, he showed flashes this year. I just don't think Derek Carr is the guy. They've been so mediocre for so long. Let's move on now quickly. The Dolphins, we've talked about two. We've talked about Deshaun. Alex, what should they do next year? Stick with Tua. He's too young. I mean, I guess if you want to trade him for Deshaun Watson, you got to be 100% sold on your roster. I wouldn't do that. So I'm not 100% sold on this Dolphins roster. I think you got to let Tua and you got to let the young pieces that they have develop. I think Tua, you know, I think it was a mistake playing him early. He should have sat the whole year under Ryan Fitzpatrick and then came into play starting this year. They didn't do that. That's it is what it is. Stick with Tua, though. Yeah, I believe in Tua. I'm sticking with Tua. I believe Tua is the future for the Dolphins. I agree, Tua. I disagree. I'm going trade four first-round picks in Tua. I don't care. Do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson. There's no better landing spot for Deshaun than maybe the Colts. Maybe the Colts are a little better, but I think the Dolphins are the perfect fit. That would be the, that would be the biggest mistake in the history of the Dolphins. 
there's no such thing as a mistake in trading for a 25 year old quarterback who is proven to be a top three quarterback in the league. In my opinion, it's, it's my opinion. I see what you're saying. You're, they're trading away their future risking injury, whatever, but when you're team trading for Deshaun Watson and selling their future the next 15 years, if Deshaun Watson doesn't work out. See ya gone. Well, I think they have a chance to win. And I think to approve to you last year, he can't do it. I didn't like him coming out. I still don't like him. It's, it's just my opinion. I, I really don't like Tua, so I don't think they can win with him. Let's go to the Jets real quick. They're also in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They have Darnold. Lots of believers in Sam Darnold. Leon, I know you're one of them. Should they stick with him? It's a new era for the Jets. Robert Sala coming in. They got to trade every first-round draft pick just to get Deshaun Watson. It's a new era for the Jets in the New York era, New York um, place. <laughs> Now, this is a team that can actually go after Deshaun Watson, and I would, I would get behind this one. Uh, Robert Sala has got a, assembling one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL in the Jets, uh, in my opinion. I'm changing my two on Robert Sala. I'm okay with the, with the Jets going after Deshaun Watson. I agree. I think the Jets are a team with how awful they played this past year. They're a team that has to make that decision to give three or four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson – to be confident that he can turn their team around. But the thing, the problem I have is Deshaun Watson with the Texans were an awful team because the Texans were an awful team. So what's going to be the difference between Deshaun Watson and this Jets awful team? Absolutely. That's, that's the, that's the exact problem. So I can't believe you just said the Jets should go after Deshaun Watson. That is, I completely agree with the the difference. The difference is two words, Robert Sala. Well, look, I like Robert Sala's staff, but Robert Sala has been a defensive coordinator. He's not a quarterback guru. In my opinion, in, in my opinion, you could put Bill Belichick on the Jets with Deshaun Watson. I still don't think it's a good trade because it, it's that, my that'd opinion. Be, that'd be an 11 and 5, 12 and 14. They could, but here's my problem. Cap space to bring in talent. They here's my problem. No, no, no. That's not how this works. You're trading for Deshaun Watson. That's He's a decent cap hit. They have no talent on that roster outside of Quentin Williams and Makai back then, in my opinion. Maybe Sam Darnold, obviously they're getting rid of him in this situation. And they got the no, second that, overall pick. No, yeah, they'd so trade that. that. They, they would have to give that up. That's the problem. That. That's the problem I have with your they, scenario. Okay, they give that they're up. Trading away. They still, they still got Denzel Mims on the roster. They still got yeah. James Carr. Those are two talented receivers. They're decent receivers, but it's one of the worst corpses in the league because it, it's the NFL. I mean, they're they're decent. Mims was good in college. He's yeah, been can terrible. They not bring in talent free agency? Can they not bring in talent? Wait, free you can't just build a team through free agency. I mean, this is blasphemy. The Dolphins, this is why I like the Dolphins for Deshaun Watson. They are one of the best defenses in the league. They've already invested in their O-line. I like Devontae Parker. All they need, in my opinion, is another receiver, possibly a running back. That's definitely doable in the second, third round, and maybe one free agent signing. What you're asking to do, trade away your first-round picks, get a quarterback. You probably have to give up Quentin Williams in a trade, but say you don't somehow. You have Makai Becton and Quentin Williams as your young, good players. Maybe Denzel Mims. He hasn't produced anything. At this point, you don't have first-round picks. And you're telling me build an entire roster in free agency and hope that the defensive guru can build this quarterback into carrying an offense that has no talent. I honestly think it would be a terrible idea for the Jets to trade for Deshaun Watson. I have to agree with Brendan. I think they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson because you have to take the chance when you played that awfully. But I agree with how it's going to play out. It's going to be the same as the Texans. You don't have superstars outside of 
your offensive line, which is good, but you need someone for Deshaun Watson to throw to. Right. I, I think the Tex- the Texans is the perfect example. Alan I mean, they've got guys like Will Fuller, J.J. Watt. I mean, they've got some a lot better pieces than the Jets had. And they still were one of the worst teams in the league. So if the yeah, Texans you can win, you can have all the, you can have a freaking Pro Bowl roster team, and if you have a horrible head coach, if you have me head coaching that team, that team's gonna win. I don't know seven games. Like you need a good coach to take advantage of the talent you have. Give you, you can have Bill Fuller, you can have Deshaun Watson, you can have whoever you want. If you have an awful head coach like Bill O'Brien and whoever that interim head coach was you're not going to take advantage of that talent right like you have robert sal who's actually a good coach he's assembling a great staff he's there the denzel Mims is going to develop this is another relatively deep receiving class they can go out and get i don't know two receivers they felt like in the second and third round as great pieces you can go out and add a running back this is a relatively deep running back class they can add that in the draft you could add free uh wide receivers and free agency it's not that they're building an entire team through free agency by just throwing money around it's not they're going to give up first round picks and then they're going to have second third and fourth round picks to pick receivers because receiver you can always find receiver late in the draft relative middle and late in the draft you can always find running back middle and late in the draft that's when most running backs go is the second round maybe they pick i don't know Najee harris in the second round go out and get two more receivers in the third and fourth round maybe grab chris godwin or alan robinson in free agency get the sean watson that is a good team that is a team prepped for the future right but to tell me that they're going to get Najee Harris and a starting receiver in the third round it's a it's a bit of a reach right you're putting a whole lot of pressure on your GM to nail every single late round pick which look if they could do it maybe it's a good trade I really don't think they're going to hit on every second third fourth fifth round pick that they take in the next three but years they don't they don't need to hit on every single second third fourth round they pick do. They're they're going to have cap space now and moving forwards, even after the Sean trade. They're, and say they hit on like 50% of picks between in second, third, fourth, and fifth round, right? Say they get like two guys each year between two and five, rounds two and five, that's actually like a half-decent player. That's still a pretty good hit rate. Give that three years, and that is a team ready to go. What's but, a half here's the problem. In, in, sorry, Parker. Sorry to cut you off. In, in three years, here's the problem. Makai Becton is going to be on his fifth-year option, right? He's going to be getting paid like a big left tackle. Quentin Williams will be on his second contract. At this point, all of your young contract, I mean, Deshaun Watson will be up for a new deal. He'll want $500 million. Like, the problem, I like what you're saying. Of course, tra- trading for Deshaun Watson seems like an always good idea because he's such a great quarterback. But you're giving up too much of, a, of those draft picks, which I think they need because they need to build the roster. In my opinion, the Dolphins can give them up because, A, they'll be late first-round picks, not as valuable. I think the Jets are going to have the fifth, sixth, seventh pick the next couple of years. And, B, like, I don't think the Jets have talent. I mean, I know you like Denzel Mims. I really don't see what guys you're looking at. Building through free agency does not work. I mean, it just does not work. Right, and and I, think, I think one other thing you have to consider is Deshaun Watson mentioned that the Jets are his primary uh, team that he wants to go to. Like, this is a team – he wants to be on. He doesn't want to be on the Texans, right? So I think maybe with that situation, and this is a big if, but you could probably negotiate him to not take a Patrick Mahomes s contract when his contract is up, uh, and and oh, take yeah. him, give him a discount, um, and then start to build your roster. Then I mean, he's going to get paid, obviously, but he. I think when he goes to a team like the Jets, he wants to go to the Jets. I think maybe you can get him to lower his contract so you're not giving him like half a billion dollars. Leon, Leon, I was going to respond to this, but I'm going to let you to respond because I see your face is absolute shock right now. All right, um, he's, on, he's on mute. Parker, cut in. I think Leon's All mute. right, all right. Listen, 
I think, like Alex said, Deshaun Watson, Jets are his number one choice. Neither of these teams, the Dolphins nor the Jets, neither of these teams are going to be good fits for Deshaun Watson. Neither of them are going to be automatic Super Bowl contenders with the addition of Deshaun Watson. I think the Jets are the better team, still an awful team. With the addition of Deshaun Watson going to the Jets or the Dolphins, I will say this with 100% confidence, the Bills are still my favorite in the AFC East, no matter where Deshaun Watson goes. I disagree, right? I really think the Dolphins have a top three defense. They've invested in their O-line. They do need another receiver. There's no doubt. But, I mean, Alex mentioned Allen Robinson, Galladay, Godwin, T.Y. Hillen. Maybe you go get an underrated guy in Josh Reynolds. Maybe you draft a guy in the second round. I really think the Dolphins can give up a couple first-round picks to get to, to get Deshaun Watson, get one more receiver, get maybe a decent O-lineman. Like, I'm not asking them to build through free agency or the draft. I think they're already built. I think they need the quarterback. That's what they need right now to win now. Yeah, but Ryan just yeah, didn't get Josh Maybe do all this stuff. <laughs> what? The reason, the reason I disagree with you, Brendan, is I think the solution is already in-house. I think it's a mistake to go out and trade four future first-round picks and two at Tagovailoa to go and get, you know, someone who's going to be, in my opinion, at least better, better. He's going to be better than two. I think, you know, just what two is oh, never going to be. There's no doubt he is but, better than Tua. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course he's better than right now. And I think when you give it five years down the road, two is still not going to be as good as Watson, but I think he's going to be good enough to take advantage of the talent on the roster, which is why I don't think it's worth it to go and trade four first round picks for Deshaun Watson. When you're going to get a decent upgrade, that's going to take your team from being a French Super Bowl contender, you know, whatever it is. I think Tua already Tua is the guy to get it done, so it's not worth it to go out and get four first-round picks for him. And that's the most fair Listen, argument you can make. Listen, they, the Dolphins drafted Tua, what, second, third overall? I forget. One of those. Yeah. It was fifth. It, oh, fifth? Sorry. I don't know. But So you're going to say one year ago when they drafted Tua Tagovailoa fifth overall, then you're going to go out of the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick Mid-season, throw Tua into the lineup, unannounced, just go in and do your thing. And he played decent. He didn't play great. He didn't play bad. He played decent. But you think now that after one year, after half a season on the team, they're going to say, you know what, forget this fifth overall pick. Forget this guy. Let's give him and three to four other first-round picks, and let's go after this quarterback who Tua could be just as good as down the road. Look, this is the most fair argument that you have made today from both Alex and Parker that Tua, Tua could be a downgrade. For, oh, he is a downgrade from Deshaun Watson, but he might not be that big of a downgrade where it's worth the three or four first-round picks. And so I, I think when you, I like you, take those, you take those three or four first-round picks, right, and you turn that into weapons. Say you go out and down the line and get receivers and running backs and offensive linemen and whoever it is with those first-round picks, and then you can kind of make up for the deficiencies that – Tua has in comparison to Watson, build a talented roster around Tua so Tua can take advantage of that talent. Tua is a system quarterback by nature. Uh, Alabama, he was a system quarterback. In Miami, he's going to be a system quarterback. So you need pieces around Tua. And if you have the pieces around Tua, he's going to be an effective quarterback. That's just how he is. That's my opinion. I don't think time to develop Tua. I I, I like this idea, right, where you you draft maybe Devontae Smith at three or Penny Sewell, right? You get a guy to help Tua's development. I like the idea. The problem I have, and I think they're both good ideas. I think the Dolphins will be a good team in this league as long as Tua develops If you know, with your strategy. Um, the problem I have is if you're trading, what, three first-round picks, right? So you're giving up basically Devontae Smith or Penny Sewell 
next year's first and the next year's first to get Deshaun Watson. But, you know, the, the first in two years and in three years isn't helping your roster this coming season, right? So by waiting to get that first round pick in 2023, then they're trying to win in 2024. I mean, at that point, Tua's on a second contract. I mean, all these guys, like, this, this isn't how you build. You don't just keep drafting and waiting for, you know, Tua to develop because everyone's going to get paid. So I think, I what, think they're going to win think, that situation. What, do you think Tua's just not going to be a good quarterback until he gets that final third round pick or first round pick three years no, from now? No, I'm just pick. saying, he's I'm like, just okay, saying. He's like, he's like, he's like I, I've waited all this time. Now I'm ready to go. Like, that, that's not I, how that works. I don't think that the 2023 first round pick helps Tua's development because, well, it will eventually. But what I'm saying is they need Tua to be good now. They need to win now. And I don't think Tua is going to be good now. I, I disagree. Think I, think, I think give it two years. This is a team that's ready to go. Tua's got time. He's, he's developed. Two years, two years David Howard will be on the Bills. David Howard will be gone, right? Like, who cares? You can wait. Like, give it two years. Give it three years. Give it, like, replace these guys. The David Howard is one guy. The NFL yeah. isn't a league. Where you exactly. Just David Howard is one guy. He's got the whole roster. That, that's just one example. Devontae Parker will be gone, right? You don't just You're wait for who? rosters. You don't just wait for rosters to develop. This isn't how you build in the league. You, when you have a roster that's ready to win, you need to win now. I think that Sean Watson is the best solution for them. Yeah, but you don't say, oh, we've seen this guy. We drafted fifth overall. We've seen him play eight weeks. You know what? Get rid of him. He wasn't good enough. You don't do that. All was terrible. Parker, 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 he was terrible. They were benching him in the middle how of the game. How do you sell on Tua when he's played that's eight terrible. games? He shouldn't have played this season. And the first oh, – It's, first the, same, it's the same thing we saw at Alabama. He got benched for He got benched for Jalen Hurts. No, he didn't. He was hurt. Patrick. He wasn't terrible. He was terrible this year, in my opinion. He was not terrible. We've got to move on. We've got to move on. We we have to move on. After eight weeks, you're selling on Tua after eight weeks of film. Yes. You you don't pass up on the chance. That's outrageous. That is insane. You're gonna. I can't believe you pass on Tua eight weeks. He shouldn't have played this season in the first place. He played half the season. They he threw him in there on a last, like a last minute thing. Like, oh, we're just gonna throw Tua in this week and see well, what happens. Well, the Chargers threw the Chargers. The Chargers threw in Justin Herbert with a roster that was pretty terrible. Justin, and Justin Herbert, Herbert is was rookie of the year. How how is that roster terrible? They have Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin well, Eckler, and they have the a record. bunch of really good rookie look, running backs. How look is that record. roster terrible? Look at the record. Look listen, at the record. Listen. All I'm saying is Anthony Lynn can't take advantage of talent, and oh, Justin Herbert is a generation. These guys coach their entire life. You're acting like Anthony Lynn doesn't know how to coach a group of men. Don't give Tua every excuse in the book for why he wasn't good this year. I don't think he's good. We'll talk, we'll come back to this in that one Chargers year. That Chargers roster, you have to admit, that Chargers roster where they had an offense is definitely 100% head and shoulders better than whatever they have in Miami. Why are they like 6 and 10 or so? Because Anthony Lee is a bad coach. Brandon, we're not saying two is going to be the next Tom Brady. We're saying that the Dolphins cannot give up on him. He could be the next generational talent. And if the Dolphins give up with him after eight weeks and give that many picks, it's not. We're not saying two is this goat, this insane quarterback. We're saying that the Dolphins need to keep him and keep his potential up and build around him. I wish we could keep going here, but we've got to wrap this up. We have a big Super Bowl on our hands this week. I'm rooting for the Bucs. I know Leon's a big Chiefs guy. Um, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to see. It's a battle of the GOAT. Many many are calling Mahomes, you know, the future GOAT. So we'll see what happens, and we will talk next week. We'll give you some Super Bowl recap. See you then. Welcome back to our NBA segment of the E.O. Smith Sports Talk podcast, episode 13 today. Uh, let's jump right into it. Bradley Beal. Uh, obviously, Wizards star player. He's had an incredible season so far. 
He's mentioned, I believe, that the Wiz- he wants to stay with the Wizards. However, the Wizards are four and thirteen. What's the point of having Bradley Beal on the roster? So let's hypothetically say uh, that they look to trade him. Even though he's mentioned he wants to stay on the team, they're not going to win. Um, Bradley Beal is in his mid to late twenties, uh, so it probably be in their good interest. Uh, they're not winning anytime soon to trade him. Uh, and look to get some assets for that player and begin to truly rebuild this team. Like It's, it's pretty obvious uh, Westbrook and Beal aren't working. Brendan, what do you think some good destinations for Bradley Beal to end up are? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Bradley Beal's been a great player this year. Um, he's been one of the best in the league, probably in the MVP conversation if the Wizards were decent. Um, but I think for trade partners, maybe the Miami Heat, right? They need another superstar. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. They're seven in what 13 the season. I think they might've lost last night, even um, them, maybe the 76ers. I mean, you look at these teams that are in contention or should be in contention teams that need to win now. I mean, Bradley Beal is a great player in this league. Maybe the Suns. can the Suns somehow find a way to pair up um, Chris Paul Booker and him get rid of Deandre Ayton. Maybe like I'm, I'm looking for a team that's in contention to win a title. Go get Bradley Beal as a third superstar. If Bradley Beal is your third guy, like, you can win a title and you can win a title with him as your second guy, in my opinion. Um, I just don't think the wizards are obviously we know they can't contend. And I don't think Russell Westbrook will ever win a championship or make a run in the playoffs. So my opinion, they need to trade Bradley Beal. I think they can get a lot for him. And I think a contender who needs another superstar should go after him. Yeah, no, obviously on this poor Wizards roster, Russell Westbrook kind of plays, Westbrook, sorry, plays second fiddle to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the guy, uh, he's, you know, taking those shots, etc. And we know that's kind of something that's an adjustment in the NBA. How do you think Beal adjusts going from a guy that's, you know, the number one uh, top dog on his team to like playing second or third to two other superstars? Yeah, I mean, it's tough as a, a player. Obviously, I know they have big egos and all, but Bradley Beal has really never been that guy to be outspoken. I mean, we we just heard this week, I think he came out saying, yeah, I want to build a championship here in Washington, right? When your team is 4-13, and 13, you're I don't know if he's leading the league or he's close to leading the league in points. Like, that is loyalty. I mean, that's a guy who you want on your team to win championships with. But I don't think the Wizards can get it done, especially not after trading for Russell Westbrook, which was the worst trade of the offseason. Um, so realistically, right. Like I'm pretty sure he would be okay with being a second, third superstar. He wants to win championships and he wants to do it in Washington. Well, that's not going to happen. So here, we'll send you to Philadelphia. We'll send you to Miami and here you actually have a chance to win championships. I think he's a guy who would be okay taking on the second or third superstar role. Yeah, let's talk about the Miami heat and, and the Toronto Raptors as well. Uh, heat sit at, I believe it's seven and 13 right now. They're the 13th seed in the East. Obviously it's early in the season, but they're seven and a half games uh, back from the leaders. And the Raptors currently sit at the ninth seed. They're nine, 12, six games off the leaders. These are two teams that uh, the Raptors two years ago, won a championship. The heat last year won, um, won the Eastern Conference and made it all the way to finals before getting beat by the Lakers. What's gone wrong for these two teams so far? Like, why why are they on the brink of missing the playoffs? Leon, what do you think? I think nothing is wrong with the Heat. I believe if the Heat make it to the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out. And I don't think any team, any of the top seeds want to meet the Heat in the playoffs. Because I believe when, when the Heat are in the playoffs, they, they will make it far into the postseason. As for the, as for the Raptors, 
I believe the Raptors are done for. They should have traded Pascal Siakam years ago. I don't believe he is the real deal. And Cal Lowry and Fred Van Lee cannot win you playoff games. So I believe the Raptors should trade Siakam years ago. I've got to jump in here because we've seen that those guys can win playoff games. They've actually won an NBA championship, Leon. I'm not sure if you remember that. Yeah, they, um, they had Kawhi Leonard, though. Right. I think what you mean to say is those guys maybe can't carry their own team. And honestly, I would only put it at Pascal Siakam can't carry his own team. I think he's probably one of the worst contracts in the league at this point to be on a max. Um, I really don't think he's deserving. We've seen he's not a star. I think really the Raptors got desperate when Kawhi left. They had to pay him. They couldn't let him walk because he was a key piece to their finals run. But I think that's all he is. He's a third, fourth guy who can defend, hit some shots. And, you know, he's a, he's a nice power forward, small forward. But that's all he is. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's, you know, you mentioned he's on one of the worst contracts in the NBA. That's probably true. So maybe Raptors in the business of going out and getting a Bradley Beal. I know we just talked about that. That'd probably be a, a good pickup for them. Uh, let's touch on the other team, though, the Heat. So they're performing even worse than they did. And, you know, obviously the Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard, uh, their championship run was two years ago. So maybe falling off right now, not entirely unexpected. Um, but as far as the Heat goes, I mean, this was a team that we expected to be you know, maybe not pushing for like a, a three seed or better, but at least like a four or five seed in the East this year. And they're they're currently sitting at 13th, seven and 13. But what do you think's gone wrong with this Heat team? Like, do they need pieces? Was last year just a fluke, like Leon said? Or are they underperforming this year? I don't know. I'm going to pass this back to you. I don't have notes for the Heat team. Sorry. I, I can jump in and answer this one. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, I think I muted myself here. Um, I, I really don't think that Jimmy Butler is a true number one. Um, I think they're really lacking maybe a guy like Fred Van Fleet. Like, I was hoping in free agency they would get another superstar. I don't think they – I mean, we, we know they didn't do it. I really don't think Tyler Hero is there yet. Um, Goran Dragic just getting a little too old. I think last year, you know, credit to the Heat. They made it to the finals. Obviously, they beat the Celtics. I think it was more of like – you know, Celtics didn't have Gordon Hayward and other teams didn't have their guys. I really think they kind of got a weak Eastern conference and they, and they took advantage of the situation in the bubble, no doubt. But um, I don't think that they're the team to beat in the East for the next couple of years, unless they can get another superstar. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely not a team to beat. I mean, I think we kind of had that down coming into this season, uh, but we, uh, we at least expected them to be a playoff team and they're not there. And like, would you expect them to be a playoff team going forwards? <clears throat> I definitely think they could contend for, you know, the seven, eight, six, six, seven, eight seed. Um, it, they do really need Tyler Hero to develop into a all-star type of player if they want to be an elite East, uh, Eastern Conference team. Sorry. Um, Duncan Robinson, another young guy. I mean, they've got Kendrick Nunn. They've got a lot of young pieces. I love Bam Adebayo as a center. They, I think they really, really need a superstar point guard. Um, so hopefully Tyler Hero can develop. I mean, he's kind of a shooting guard right now. If he can transition well into a point guard, I think they could be a real contender. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. That's a team uh, that I, I really enjoyed watching last year. That's kind of like a bunch of guys who you've never really heard of. They got a lot of talented three-point shooters on the team. Jimmy Butler kind of headlined them. Bam Adebayo, really versatile center. Uh, it's, it's almost a modular team, if you will. A lot of guys can play a lot of different positions, uh, almost like how the Celtics are trying to build their team. And they're really a kind of a grit and grinder team on Eric Spolster. I, I enjoyed watching them in the East uh, last year. I think they're missing, like you said, a ball dominant uh, three, uh, sorry, point guard presence. 
somebody who could probably handle it most of the time. Um, is a good uh, floor manager, uh, great passer. Maybe like a Chris Paul. I feel like they should have gone after Chris Paul, who's who definitely fits that mold. I feel like that would have put them. Oh, that would have been a great pickup. That would have been. Let's that would have pushed them into pickup. Let's talk about a couple five Let's talk What's about some of these trade block guys. Let's talk about JJ Redick and Kevin Love, right? There's been some rumors about them, right? Kevin Love sounds like he's got, he's been rumored to go to the Nets. Bit, do you have any uh, any opinion on if he would be a good pickup for the Nets, who have been one of the worst defensive teams in the league? Oh God. Um, Bit, yeah. do you want to handle this one? Yeah, I got it. Um, for Kevin Love, I mean, he's got he was he's had a calf injury. Um, if he went to the Nets, they would trade for Javal McGee. Um, he's only in year two of 120 million contract with the Cavs. I don't think the Nets could top that deal, and and even if they could, it wouldn't be good, especially because the Cavs aren't too good on the defensive end. Um, that's my take. And plus, Harden is already scoring all these triple doubles, and they don't they don't need any more all stars on this team. Yeah, I agree with Bit's take here. I think they need to go get a guy who's a rim protector, a great defensive big. Not that Kevin Love is not a good defender, but I really think they need to look for an elite defensive player um, because they have been arguably the worst defensive team in the league and one of the worst in NBA history. Um, I think obviously we know they don't need offensive threat, as Bit mentioned. Um, they don't need to space the floor any more than they already have. I think they already have a great shooter in Joe Harris. I really don't think Kevin Love adds too much to this team. They do need to add a defender. Real quick, let's talk about a shooter in J.J. Redick. Leon, in your opinion, what's a team that, you know, should go after J.J. Redick? Is it the Celtics? Is it the 76ers? I mean, who do you think? I believe the 76ers should bring back J.J. Redick. I feel like they should never have let J.J. Redick go. And I believe it, this year could be a year that they can make it to the NBA Finals, and they need shooting. And I believe uh, J.J. Redick can really help that 76ers team. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That would be a nice pickup for the 76ers. I'm hoping my Celtics go and get JJ. I mean, we've seen he's a great shooter. Yeah, uh, he's definitely a, a great sharpshooter. He's good in transition offense, and he can create space. So Celtics is definitely a good place for him, because especially since Celtics are 11 and 8, hopefully Jared Weiss can acquire JJ Redick. All right, we've got to move on. Our soccer segment's coming here. Leon, give me your top five in the NBA right now. I know you've got this planned out. You're ready to roll. So let, hit me with the top five, and then we'll jump to some soccer. Number one, the Lakers. When you have the GOAT and LeBron, you are automatically number one. 76ers, top of the East right now. They are. They come on number two. They just beat the Lakers recently, So, but they're still at number two. The Nets beat the Clippers last night. The defense is horrendous, but they said number three with that offense. Number four, the Clippers. Even though with Paul George and Kawhi having COVID issues, they still won the last seven games after last night. The Clippers at number four. And the five, the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Bogdan Bogdanovich, led the Jazz to an 11-game winning streak. They are hot right now, and they are facing at number five. Wow, Leon giving Stephen A a run for his money. That's going to wrap up our NBA segment. We're going to jump into some soccer. Uh, we'll see you next week.
Welcome back to our soccer segment of episode 13 of the EOS Sports Talk podcast. We got some good storylines to talk about. Let's begin with Liverpool. Uh, Joel Matip was recently diagnosed with, I think, he was a broken ankle. Uh, something wrong with his lower leg. He'll be out for the rest of the season. That's on top of Virgil Van Dijk already being done for an extended period of time at this point. So Liverpool goes out and uh, they get their two replacements at center back. Uh, Thad, do you want to fill us in? Or sorry, Austin, do you want to fill us in on, on who those guys are and what you, we should expect from them? Yeah, I mean, one, you got, um, it's Ozan Kabak. Uh, he played for Schalke for about two years. Um, he's making senior team appearances at 20 years old for the Turkish national team. Uh, he's he's really been kind of Schalke's, um, I guess, shining light in their, in their tough season that they've had over the past, I guess, two years. Um, I think that was a good. I think it was a good buy for Jurgen Klopp. I think he's really talented, um, and he he may be one of those you know new Virgil Van Dyke kind of figures that we may see in Europe over these next I don't know ten years even. Um, ben Davies is a bit of a is a bit of a weird one though. Coming in from the Championship, uh, I, I guess kind of an unproven player, uh, but I mean Jurgen Klopp is one of those tactical masterminds, so maybe he sees something that we don't. Yeah, and so you know. Uh... Obviously, they've got um, – it was probably like a, a back line that was one of the best in Europe uh, with Matip, uh, Van Dijk. Sometimes I throw Gomez in at center back. Uh, and then obviously you've got um, – I can't remember his name. Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the wings. So this is a team – you know, those are two fullbacks who aren't great defenders. Uh, and they went out and got two guys who are just kind of – they're not a, a cheap, obviously. But they're kind of solid brick wall defenders – filling in the role uh, as best you can with about $3 million of money to spend uh, that Van Dyke and Matip or Gomez would have filled. Let's talk about La Liga real quick. So I know this is something we've been touching on for a few weeks now, uh, but Atletico Madrid stand right now uh, with 19 matches played and 50 points. Barcelona and Real Madrid, 20 matches played each and 40 points each. Barcelona, um, obviously they've got so many of their debts. Um, Messi looks likely he's going to leave. Uh, Ronald Coleman, like, what what is the long term uh, future of this club that we should expect? I know we touched on this a little bit last week. They're losing in La Liga. Um, Real Madrid is really starting to get on their feet again. Um, they might might even go out and get Kylian Mbappe. Uh, you know, what what is the long term future of Barcelona? This is how they're performing right now, which will probably be their peak. Uh, we can assume for the next like five or so years that what do you think um i think it's impossible to predict the future just because of the, the transition in ownership but um i i i could see barcelona like making some smart moves like right now ronald, ronald kuman is really he's been showing himself to be a great manager for them i mean we've seen like players like arujo the young center back and pedri uh, and Rikuki, like all of them shining and looking like world class, like just like Barcelona level players, and it, it's it's looking bright for them in terms of the players they do have for the future. But if they can manage to keep them with their massive amount of debt, but I was thinking about it yesterday, and I honestly think a good move for them, like I don't know if this is possible, just because of like. Uh, how how like players work, but if they could keep Messi on a really low contract, 
they could maintain some basic su- success coming in like second or third for two more years. And if they keep him on a low contract, he, they're making hundreds of millions a year just off jersey sales from him. So I don't know. I think I think if they just manage to start, if the new owner starts to cut off this debt rapidly, then they could be a dangerous team in the next five years. Yeah, I think you make a great point about Messi. I think it just comes down to whether or not he feels like he wants to stay. Obviously, last year he mentioned that he wanted to move, he wanted to leave Barcelona, and he was almost willing to go to court over it. Um, maybe things change with the way Coleman is running this team and, and new ownership coming in. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Neymar just recently signed a new contract with PSG, another four-year extension onto his current one. Uh, he'll be there for at least another four years. Uh, Austin, is this a good move by PSG? Do you think they retain Kylian Mbappe now and, and retain most of their players now that they've got Neymar locked up on a four-year deal? I think it was a good move for PSG, but I don't think it was an overall good move for Neymar. I think if he wants to go and start winning Champions Leagues and winning, I mean, not that Liga isn't a proper title, but real, you know, hard leagues, I, you, you can't stay at PSG. Obviously, they're becoming, you know, a European giant now. Um, the Champions League final last season and, and Liga and winners, what was it, eight of the last 10 seasons or eight of the last 12 seasons, something like that? Yeah, some crazy. I, I mean, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're a good team, but I feel like when you're that good of a team in a league like the French have, it's just, I, I don't know if it was a good move for him, but as far as, I mean, Kylian Mbappe goes, I think he may feel that he his talents may need to be shown somewhere else. Like I've been saying, it's, it's a, it's a league where you don't become a legend. I guess if you're, if you're going to become a legendary player, if you're going to become one of those all time greats, you need to go somewhere with a proven history. Yeah. PSG are a great team in France, but on the European stage, they, they really don't have that, that, uh, what's the word? I guess that strength, that, that, um, the CV, but I mean, if I just, as we talked about, um, yeah, go. I would just like to add on to that a little bit with saying, I think like Kylian Mbappe should leave at some point because he has to prove himself um, somewhere else to really like be taken seriously. But I honestly think the French league might be the best league for Neymar just because of the top five league that has the least amount of in- injuries by like, a significant amount, and as we know, Neymar is quite injury prone. So if if like I feel like if he goes anywhere else, especially the Premier League, he would not get any game time just because of the lack of like strength he has. I, I, I can that, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, go card. I I can definitely I think, agree with what I you're think saying. The there. two of you have some preconceived notions because you guys are very ingrained in uh, European soccer. I'm relatively new. You guys have some preconceived notions as to what it means to be a superstar and to be uh, a winner. And I think if you can dominate uh, your domestic league every single year and then go into the Champions League and push for a final spot every single year, you know, say that they're consistently within the top four teams remaining, uh, they're consistently pushing for Champions Leagues and winning them. I think that that and and maybe I'm just some stupid American. That is equally uh, as as much of a good thing as Cristiano Ronaldo leaving Manchester United to go to Real Madrid and winning Serie A's and winning uh, some occasional Champions Leagues with uh, Real Madrid. Like if if PSG is consistently pushing 
for a, a top four place in the Champions League, consistently pushing into those finals appearances, consistently winning Champions League, which is something this team can probably do. They're growing financially. They're growing as a club. They have, they're one of the fastest growing clubs in the world. They have superstar talents uh, like like Neymar, like um, you know Kylian Mbappe, Angel Di Maria is still there. He's really good. Marquinhos is super young. He's developing. Prenel Kimpembe, he's really good. Uh, you know, this is a team with a lot of talent. Uh, Marco Verratti in the midfield is still relatively young. He's like 26 years old or something like that, 27 years old. This team has a lot of talent, and I think even more than that, they have a ton of potential. So I think if this team can continually, like I said, push for Champions League wins and appearances in the top four, then maybe Mbappe doesn't feel the need to to leave to go to Real Madrid to win a Serie A title. I mean, Barcelona's on the decline. Atletico Madrid isn't always good every single year. You know, maybe Barcelona drops off and Atletico Madrid, we know what they are. Maybe a Serie A title doesn't mean that much. I mean, the only place you could say where you could go to win like consistent competitive titles is the Premier League. And the Premier, Premier League is a whole different animal. You know what I mean? I think there's... Like, a lot of truth to what you're saying, Alex. But I think the big thing is, I don't know about, um, like, I th- I feel like PSG needs to win a Champions League before they can really do anything. Because at this point, like, I personally, I take the league on, like, the league and title as, with a grain of salt. Just because it's not, like, no other... Uh, French teams made it past the group stages in any European competitions besides PSG. And PSG barely made it up themselves. So it's just, I I just can't see, like, until we see them win, like, even, even if they win the Europa League or they win the Champions League, but we see a big trophy out of them, I don't think it's the right move for Mbappe to stay there just because to be considered one of the best youngsters in the world, or he has the potential to be one of the best of all time. Like he needs to win trophies to do that. And with the, I mean, the French league, unless something changes, it's never going to be taken seriously like that. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's move on now to some rapid fire champions leagues predictions from the two of you. Uh, I'll go Austin first, Thad second. Some key games. We're moving into February, so the Champions League is starting to come back now. Austin, Leipzig or Liverpool? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say say Leipzig for now because okay. obviously we haven't seen how Ozan Kobach is, Kabak is going to, uh, I, I guess, meld with the team. Obviously, Ben Davies, yeah, he's a replacement for a, for a Joe Gomez or for a Joel Matip or whatever. But again, we haven't seen how he's going to play. Um, and, and just with the defensive issues that Liverpool have had recently, with the overall team issues, I think with Thiago's lack of, lack of real form, it'll be tough. It'll be a tough game. Uh, RB Leipzig are obviously one of the top three teams in the Bundesliga right now. I mean, they've, they've been incredible all season, and they have a lot of very good players. I, I, I think that Leipzig may take the first leg, and then as as um, Kabak and Davies start getting into that team and maybe they can figure out where they fit. And if Tiago gets a run of form, maybe then they can come back and win the second leg, but it's going to be tough. Dad, what do you think? Um, I think it's just, I, I got to go with Liverpool. Leipzig is a great team, but Liverpool, their offense is just unbeatable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how about PSG Barcelona? Austin, what do you think? PSG. 
they've they've just been the better team this season overall. Barca every day. Um, I could see Messi showing up, and I mean they're on their own form right now. PSG just lost to the last in the league, so no chance. I'm taking PSG, Sevilla or Dortmund. Austin, Dortmund. I'm th- I'm thinking Dortmund because they've they've performed pretty well under their new coach, and obviously with the likes of Erling Holland and even I mean, Giovanni Reina um, as a cam, I think they've they're a very formidable team to come up against in Europe. That's- Easily Dortmund for me, but I could see Sevilla coming through. Like they've been on, they've been playing well. This is the matchup I'm looking most forward to: Atletico Madrid or Chelsea. Austin. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have to go with Atletico Madrid just because we haven't really seen how Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea is going to run yet. Um, so it'll be an exciting game no matter what happens. Dad? For me, it's Atletico Madrid easy. I mean, Suarez is playing well, and no one on Chelsea is playing well. So just with that. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm going to take Atletico Madrid, league leaders in Serie A, or uh, sorry, La Liga right now. They're probably going to go 13 points clear at the top with their next game, got a game in hand. That'll be enough for our soccer segment uh, this week. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week. This podcast was modified and produced by the prestigious editor, Gabriel Aguero. See you next week.